Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, welcome into another Monday night edition of The Wolverine live on our YouTube channel. Also, after the fact, uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, or your shows, whatever, wherever you get your audio content, we are there. I, of course, am Anthony Broom along here uh, with Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey as we are every Monday night here at 6 p.m. on The Wolverine's YouTube channel. Uh, Probably a little bit lesser of a show today. We're gonna we're gonna lead with basketball. We'll get into some of the Super Bowl stuff, and then at the end, uh, time permitting, and I think we will have time, we will do the Q and A with you guys. So uh, feel free to get yourself in line for that. Of course, you can move yourself to the front of the line uh, by using the donate button below. But uh, fellas, let's get right into it here. I want to I want to start with basketball tonight. Uh, this was. Uh, you know, setting the stage for that game Saturday, uh, Michigan had won three straight games. They're finally, I won't say back in the good graces of the fan base, but at least you, you, they put themselves back in, into position to play a game that matters, to play a game that has postseason implications. And when the two hours was up and the dust settled, it was a basketball game that we have all watched seven or eight times this year. Uh, Michigan loses by one. Uh, 62-61 to Indiana. It was another quad one um, game that they let slip away. Uh, it was just like Virginia, just like Kentucky, just like North Carolina. So many missed opportunities this season. And, again, I know um, I, I've caught some heat on our message board for even suggesting that there is a path uh, to an NCAA tournament. I mean, the fact of the matter is uh, if we just want to talk about the mathematics of it, this has to be a clean week for them coming up. The game tomorrow night at Wisconsin, 
game Saturday against Michigan State. But guys, uh, sitting at 14 and 11, this team simply is what their record says it is. And it's, uh, I mean, very little indications from my end that uh, that things are going to change on that front. Yeah, until they figure out how to win some of these close games. But there is no indication that they're able to do that. And you know what? When you make the same mistakes down the stretch uh, that you do in the in – the, it's really the end of halves, right? The end of the first half that we've seen this so many times. The end of games. Virginia, remember that terrible turnover? I think it was Jalen Llewellyn, who's obviously not there anymore. But uh, they're, they're giving possessions away at inopportune times. And they're only at 9.8 turnovers per game. So they are taking care of the ball overall. I think that's sixth in the country. But when you are giving the ball away, when you can least afford to, then you're going to lose ball games. And uh, really, that's what it comes down to. Uh, John Beeline once said, you know what, it might not be the end of the game play that costs you the game, though. You've got to value every possession. And I will go back to Doug McDaniel when they're up seven with a no-look pass, you know, that uh, starts a run for Indiana. I think it was an 8-0 run. It got him right back in the game when it looked like Michigan was getting ready to put the thing away. And that just cannot happen. And it continues to happen. And it's maddening. So it's unfortunate because really a season without an NCAA tournament is like a year without a Santa Claus, right? It just, uh, it's just no, there's no reason for it. And it shouldn't happen at a school like Michigan. It happens everywhere. But you know what? They've got enough talent, in my opinion, to be better than they are. And we keep waiting and waiting and waiting. So going to be very interested to see how they come out on Tuesday night at Wisconsin to see if they roll over or to see if they're like even more desperate. I really, really hope it's the latter, Clay. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Hunter Dickinson took the podium after the game on Saturday, and he said that, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be tough for this one not to linger. Well, they have a pretty quick turnaround here. They're already on their way to Madison, and they have to figure out how to bounce back and play well. Now, Wisconsin's coming off of a heartbreaking loss, too, that may well uh, be the one that does them in for the NCAA tournament. They were closer to the bubble than Michigan, which is amazing because Michigan looks like a better team to me. But, I mean, yeah, it's like one of those things where you lose by one and you look back and you say uh, Hunter Dickinson's layup at the 5-12 mark was Michigan's last points. I mean, it's incredible considering especially that they were in the double bonus. You know, I thought they could have attacked the rim a little bit more, put some pressure there and try to pick up a foul. Trace Jackson Davis was absolutely gassed by the end of the game. Uh, so I thought they could have got one on him. But uh, you, you mentioned Doug McDaniel. He had that turnover. Uh, and really, it wasn't turnovers that killed Michigan in the final eight possessions, just the one terrible one by Terrence Williams. But and, and I'm certainly not placing all the blame on Doug McDaniel. But, you know, to me, it kind of that game, you know, underlines the importance of having a veteran savvy point guard that knows where to go with the ball knows how to get his guys good shots Hunter Dickinson attempted one shot in the last five minutes uh, Doug McDaniel is doesn't quite control the flow of the game yet on the offensive end and I think that'll come in time I mean Derek Walton certainly didn't in 2014 nor did he have to but by the end of his career I mean everything went as he did he controlled the entire pace of the game so that will come um, but I think that hurt them. And then Jawan Howard talking about it after the game as well, that the, a lot of guys were freelancing out there and basically, you know, not running what he was trying to call. And there, if you noticed a couple times where, you know, they're supposed to get to an exact spot, you know, with precision in this offense. And there were a couple times, Doug McDaniel, Kobe Bufkin, they were a little off. Jawan was yelling at him. You could see down the stretch and, you know, they kind of didn't, didn't go exactly where they were supposed to go with the ball, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and he called him out for it after the game. And I thought that was not called him out, but, you know, just said basically that they got to 
trust a little bit more what the coaching staff wants. And I thought that was completely warranted and, and fine on Jawan Howard's part. But uh, I'm watching Purdue on Sunday. Uh, they have six turn- turnovers in the last three minutes in a loss to Northwestern. Freshman point guard, uh, you know, Smith there for them. And they weren't able to get into any offense late in the game. 13 second half turnover. So it's happening. Uh, it just It's just unfortunate for Michigan that they have no margin for error. And we're still seeing the same types of issues. But the uh, Wisconsin game will be really interesting on Tuesday. A similar team that hasn't been able to close out games themselves. They had a 17-point lead, I believe, on Nebraska and then blow that game on Saturday in, in overtime in Lincoln. So uh, certainly a winnable opportunity on the road. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you would have had that Indiana one, you would have felt really, really good going into this week because I think they can get both of these. But now they're kind of behind the eight ball again. Yeah, even that last play, Anthony, when uh, it was kind of a half-assed pick by Hunter Dickinson at the top, and Galloway's able to stay with Kobe Bufkin as a result. And when Clay talks about precision, I'll come right back to that. You know what? Uh, you've got an opportunity there, and uh, the shot that you get is a desperation heave where Bufkin has to send it up back up top to Jet Howard. So really disappointing. Yeah, I mean – we talk about, I just, I'm so tired of talking about attention to detail things with this team on, you know, the day before Valentine's day, like you're, you're not even on the NCAA tournament bubble right now. And they're making mistakes that we watched them make um, not just in November, but most in large part, a lot of things they were doing last year um, in terms of attention to detail and effort. And that's where, again, you know, guys like Hunter Dickinson and Terrence Williams, I'm not going to lay it all on their feet, but, Chris, you just talked about it, kind of a half-assed pick at the end of the game. And then there was a sequence before that where was it was it Kobe Bufkin and Terrence Williams passing the ball back and forth to each other like the scene out of semi-pro? Like, back to you. Okay, no, back, to you. back to you. Now, back to me. Um, People won't appreciate that. That was a great pull. No, I mean, it's this, this team doesn't have, you know, it has captains, but I don't know that it has leaders. I don't know that it has a go-to guy that you, that you have in that situation. And... For me, I think the most damning thing you could say about this team right now is that, you know, I'll, I'll stop short of saying Juwan treats his team with kid gloves and post-game press conferences. But to my recollection, I can't I can't remember a time that a team has directly been thrown under the bus like that after a game. I mean, straight up saying that, you know, guys weren't weren't running the sets that were called or, or freelancing or taking their own variations on it. Now, I would also counter that with maybe you should call some better stuff. Maybe there should be a simplification. I think people don't realize at times that, you know, Jawan Jawan does run some complicated, uh, some complicated stuff. I mean, it is it is NBA caliber stuff in terms of the attention to detail and the, um, you know, just the, the 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 minute things you have to do. Um, there, there's blame everywhere. I mean, there's they're sitting here at fourteen and eleven and. I know they can they can you know puff their chest out of being about being just a game out of second place in the Big Ten whatever it is but this is this is day one stuff that they're still kind of failing to lock in at all times and you know it's on the players but it's on coaching too um, I, I don't know it's it's tough to even it's tough to even sum up just because again we've watched this game I watched this game. A couple times in November, I watched it a couple days before New Year's when they lost to my alma mater. It's just these these brain farts that this team has. At some point, yeah, it's on the players, but I just there there's just a systemic 
it's a systemic brain fart late in the half. is really something's what off. Something's wrong. And, uh, you know, some, there's a quote out there. Or somebody put out there, there's a stat 13 and six uh, in the previous four years before Juwan Howard got there where they were 13 and six in one possession games against uh, high major teams in, you know, or overtime games, three and nine since then and part of that of course two things you've got a hall of fame coach and john beeline who's been doing it for 35 years 40 years so you're going to get better in time right um so to say that you know you expect juan howard to be as good in those situations as john beeline was when he's much more experienced as a head coach uh isn't realistic at the same time uh you know what you can't uh, some of the the possessions that they have the empty possessions it's one thing to have an empty possession but to not get a shot because of such a lazy pass that terrence williams entry was ridiculous and then going back to williams i thought you know i still think he's learning uh juan howard's learning when it comes to personnel on the floor and feel of a game. And again, that comes with experience. And I'm not being overly critical in my opinion when I say that, but um, you could tell, man, something was off with Terrence Williams from the get-go. He wasn't, you know, the things that he normally does well, the effort areas, you know, he wasn't boxing out. He wasn't, you know, he just wasn't on his game. So uh, I really wouldn't mind seeing more of Will Cheddar, somebody who can maybe stretch the floor at the four position he's usually a net positive when he's on the floor. Right. And I understand that he's getting in foul trouble too, but you know what, let him out there and let's, let's get him some shots too, man. Set some things up for him because that guy can shoot the ball. I remember him in high school being able to shoot the ball. Uh, I'm not saying give all of J- Jace Howard's minutes to him, but I'd like to see a little bit more of him too. He had a play that should have been an and one let's, we can go back to, any number of plays in that game too. Mm-hmm. You know what? If that one goes the right way, if you get the home whistle or the right whistle, then you win that game anyway. But let's see a little bit more of that um, and uh, and stretch the floor and, and get some get some other guys some opportunities because right now, uh, what they're doing isn't working, guys. Yeah, I don't I don't see the reason why we wouldn't see more Will Cheddar. And I, I think he what did he play close to ten minutes in this game? And I think it's mm-hmm. another Will Cheddar type of game against Wisconsin, which also plays a couple of big guys. So maybe we'll see him more on Tuesday night. But I mean, and I, I'm a big Terrence Williams fan. I, I think he's a he's a very good kid and, and everything like that. And he's played well and made big plays during his career here. But at what point uh, is he not giving you enough, you know, to have him out there with just over a minute to go in a game that I know Joey Baker didn't give you a ton. I know Cheddar you know, was, was decent, but maybe not necessarily the guy you want in late. Uh, I would have gone with Joey Baker who they subbed in after that turnover. Um, But at what point is, you know, Terrence Williams shooting less than 30% from three, a guy who led the team or led returners in a three point field goal percentage coming into this season. uh, At what point is that not enough? Um, You know, they're helping off of him. He's kind of the guy that teams are leaving wide open and doubling, you know, down in the post on. So, uh, he's been a liability at times this year. He finished minus 11 in the box score. I know that's a, a stat that you can cherry pick because, you know, it's not every bucket that's being let up on him when he's in and, you know, he's not missing every shot, but he missed a few crucial ones. I don't remember how much time was left on his three that was, he was just wide open. Wide open. It would have been a perfect opportunity. Uh, I believe to take back the lead when they were down one uh, down the stretch there and they weren't able to do it. So um, I would I would like to see a little more Will Cheddar. I'd like to see them maybe mix up that lineup there. And uh, you're right. I mean, Jawan Howard. Sometimes you know every coach gets questioned on why is this guy in or you know why did that guy not play in the first half but he did in the second. That sort of thing. You hear it down the road at Michigan State talking to my Michigan State uh, friend or fan friends. You know what's Izzo doing with this sub that sort of thing. So it goes on everywhere, even with Hall of Famers. But you know I feel like there there could be a little bit better. Uh, situational awareness when it comes to who's in the game, why they're in the game, and, and when they're in the game. 
Six minutes plus eight, and that's not an anomaly with Will Cheddar. If you look at that box score, I mean, it seems like every game. In fact, I'm going to go and do an article on this tonight and just go back and see what the plus minus is when Will Cheddar is on the floor. And you, like you said, you can cherry pick this, but if it's week after week after week after week or game after game that he's on the plus end, uh, you know, or one of the higher ones on there, then uh, I think it kind of tells a story. Well, and that's the point I wanted to make too, is it's more of an overarching thing. When you're sitting here, you know, in mid-February in a press conference saying guys aren't, guys were either not running what was called or taking it on their, you know, doing whatever on their own accord. How about some accountability for that? I don't, I'd have to go back and watch the game, but I don't know. I can't recall, um, you know, a major substitution. I know that they took uh, Terrence Williams out late. They were using the two big lineup a lot. Um, but if guys aren't doing what they're what they're being asked to do, they shouldn't be on the floor. So, um, and I don't think that's a problem that's exclusive to to this Indiana game on Saturday. I think it's kind of been an overarching thing as well. Um, and hate to say it, have to call a spade a spade. A lot of it's been Jet Howard late in these games too. So, this. It's kind of a mess right now. Um, season is not over by any stretch. Uh, probably looking at a situation where you have to go at least four and two down the stretch and then get one or two wins in the Big Ten tournament. And, um, you know, when you look at what this schedule looks like moving forward, uh, you have Wisconsin twice. You probably need to grab both of those. You have to beat Michigan State on Saturday at home and then see if you can't pull a fast one at Rutgers, at Illinois, at Indiana. Um you know, but again, it's just the DNA. I think, I think what we've seen from this team in these showdown type of games is what their DNA is right now. Um, it's just not where it needs to be. And again, um, you know, you, you don't you don't take you don't take away any team's accomplishments. Like last year's team, I know it was a rough year, but still found a way to get to the Sweet Sixteen. But you know, if they don't play a Rick Barnes team in the round of thirty-two, we might be having a very different conversation about where things are at right now. So I get, you just have to kind of let it play out. You're not going to see any of us write columns about, um, you know, put, put this coach on the hot seat or so. And so should enter the transfer portal, but this is not, uh, we talk about Chris, uh, you know, just to address the point about, you know, learning on the job, this is year four. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that uh, again, you know, to, to follow up a guy like John Beeline, when you do the Mount Rushmore of coaches at university of Michigan in any sport, He's on it as far as I'm concerned. So to follow that up, it's it's a tough it's a tough act to follow. But um, when we're sitting here in year four saying that you know maybe maybe the head coach doesn't quite have a feel for substitutions or drawing up late game situations, that's that's a problem. So yeah. any final thoughts on on basketball for me? Yeah, there was one game, and what was it, uh, where Jet Howard made a lazy pass at 17 minutes and sat for seven for 10 minutes in mm-hmm. the second half. It might have been Northwestern. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. What it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, and I thought, okay, you know what? That's accountability right there. And Michigan expanded their lead. I think they were up by 17 points or 12 points or 15 or whatever it was when Jet went out. And I thought Jawan sent a message. And uh, you know what? I think he could do some more of that, too. There are times that Jet, uh, you know, he pulls these NBA threes, you know, off balance. Sometimes they go in. Oftentimes they don't. You'd like to get a better shot at some points where you're like, man, that's a terrible shot. I can't tell you how many times, though, I've said terrible shot next to Clay up there. And Clay, you know, and it goes in. I'm like, well, it's still a bad shot. We just start laughing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, okay. But, um, but there are, you know, when you're early in the shot clock, things like that, 
uh, there's really no need for it. And those are the empty possessions that I'm talking about that at the end of the game, man, you maybe you wish you had that one back. And that was absolutely the case on Saturday. But uh, so, yeah, he's, he's starting to get it, uh, in my opinion, in terms of um, substitutions. But again, um, man, you know what? Too many missed opportunities. And I guess at this point, fellas, uh, I don't expect it to change. I don't know if you guys do, but I think they kind of are what they are at this point And we'll probably be covering an NIT. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll say that like a lot of it does probably come down to to youth. I think Jet Howard's shot selection is one of the bigger things holding him back right now, and maybe not for the NBA because you know you could just say, well, he's not gonna he's not gonna be shooting everything when he's you know paired with all these pros that have been in the league for a while. Um, so maybe not NBA wise, but holding him back from being a, a great player. I think he's a really good college player on the offensive end of the floor right now, but uh, his efficiency could even improve even more a decision-making is big there. And then going back to my earlier point about uh, having, you know, a point guard that can control things. I think that would help everybody out, including Jet Howard. You know, if he had a veteran guy in there, uh, let's say, you know, and we don't have to like, I hate doing stuff like this because then everyone's like, oh, well, every point guard should be Xavier Simpson. But let's say Xavier Simpson was the point guard of this team with Jet Howard. One, I think Jet would be playing better defense. His captain would demand of it, uh, him of it. And two, I think that, you know, he would get better shots. He would maybe pass up a, a good shot to get somebody else a great one, that sort of thing. Uh, I'll, I'll end with this, though, in terms of uh, – I have a question for you guys. I mean, Hunter Dickinson says that that last five minutes in Michigan blowing that game basically erased all the progress they had over the previous two weeks, winning three straight games, leading for 34 minutes in this game against Indiana. Um Juwan Howard disagreed with him. I, I thought I disagreed with him too. I mean, they, they still played pretty well. The offense didn't click as much as you would have thought, but I think defensively they, they played well against Indiana. They've gotten a lot better there recently. Like there's still progress here and I'm not claiming some moral victory or anything, but just watching the games and, and seeing this team grow, I do feel like we've seen some growth. So Anthony, I'd push back a little bit, maybe even on your statement that it's a, a mess right now um, because yeah, they're not in a great situation, but I do feel like they have taken some strides. I and mean, would you guys think that the the progress they made, uh, if you want to call it that, and maybe you could disagree that they even made progress, uh, it has been erased by by the end of that game? Only be, only in terms of what it means for their tournament chances. And that's the way sure. I took it, what sure. he was saying. Like, okay, we really had an opportunity here. We put ourselves in position to be in position, and we could have gotten over the hump. And now we're basically starting from scratch again, where we're going to have to rip off three in a row or whatever to get back to where we were. So that's kind of the way I took it from what he said. But, yeah, I can see some minor improvements, uh, some in some areas, some major improvements especially defensively. But what I wrote and uh, which is going up in a column here in about a half an hour is we're going to know tomorrow night what the progress really is. If they come out with the Penn state effort, you know, when they, uh, and they lay an egg after they lost to, I think it was Purdue, you know what, and said, I'll screw it, you know what, and, and, you know, lose that at Wisconsin the way they did at Penn State, then you know what, that's a huge step back. If they can find a way to win that game, then I think they are, you know what, if they go four and two in their last six and win a couple in the Big Ten tournament, then they at least they have an outside shot at the, you know, maybe a play-in game or something like that. So tomorrow night's going to be telling for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess my final thought would be, um, yeah, that's 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 more how I took it in terms of the, pro- like, things being a mess. Like, your postseason outlook is a mess. Michigan right. should be a team that makes the NCAA tournament. And this is where I'm not going to – I won't say it's forgivable, but this is the thing where, you know, if you can just continue to play, you know, above 500 basketball the rest of the way. And, you know, if you make the NIT, 
it is what it is. Um, you know, I wrote about it last year. You know, last year was was a struggle, but it it didn't have to be. It, it could be viewed in a different way if it was the start of something. Uh, if most of the guys came back and you use a whole off season to apply the lessons that you learned and and move forward, I think that with this group, that's a lot more likely than it was with last year's group because of Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, they again. You're, you're going to know it's, it's going to go either way. It's going to be either like the Northwestern game, or I could see where it's like the Penn state game where you just, you come out and you get blitzed, you know, coming off a heartbreaking loss. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know what to expect. It seems like every time we have this team pegged for something, they come out and rattle off a couple in a row. And then when you say, okay, well maybe now it's the turning point, then they step back a bit. And that's, um, that is emblematic of, of a young basketball team too. So I think that's the key in all of this. Like if this is something that's applied to equity in the future, if you know, Doug McDaniel has a better command of the offense in, you know, 2023, 2024, then you're saying, well, you can look back on a year like this and saying, well, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. He got to play more, but we'll, we'll see what happens. A lot to, a lot of basketball still to be played uh, a good week in this conference puts you right back in the conversation. Uh, a bad week at this point is probably uh, is probably a killer for them. So uh, before we move on, we'll talk a little bit of Super Bowl, and then we all, we'll also have time to take some of your questions. So uh, whether it's football, basketball, whatever's on your mind, start lining those up uh, here in the chat on YouTube. I do want to start off um, by taking a quick pause and talking about our friends over at Rogue Shop. Uh, you guys know Richard and Charmaine at this point. Uh, they've been a great sponsor, great partner of ours, uh, going back to football season, now through basketball season, uh, two, two folks we really enjoy working with a lot. Um, you know, Rogue Shop operates out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and they work to not only grow and manufacture, but also educate uh, customers and the population about um, the, the positives of THC-based medicine. So if you're someone who has trouble with pain, anxiety, depression, uh, they have a wide array of products for you guys to, to look into. You have Delta 8, Delta 9, CBD, THC, all lab direct without middlemen. Uh, some of the psychoactive products they carry are gummies, moon rocks, pre-rolls, as my dog just trudging <laughs> through construction area in my hallway here. Um, flowers, dabs, diamonds, lollipops, hard candies, tinctures, you name it. Uh, we've, we've had them send us gummies. They've sent us the pain creams. They've sent us the tinctures. All of it has been top-notch and high quality and uh, handcrafted and, and with, from a small business, too. We like to support um, you know, small business owners and, and the value that they, they add to our brand and how we can help out, add value from our perspective. So uh, we have a promo code for you guys using promo code the Wolverine that'll get you 10% off over at rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E. SHOP.com. Fellas, uh, I've been singing their praises here, but I know you guys have a lot to say about them as well. Yeah, you guys know I've had issues with my dog lately, and I went with the uh, the CBD, the pet CBD, and uh, that's really helped. Um, so, hoping for the best there, but it's uh, it's really helped with some of their, her anxiety. Um, had some changes around the house, so, and I, I also started using the drops for myself. Uh, I got to tell you, I've never slept better since we formed a partnership with these guys, uh, and they're very much appreciated. And and like I always say, they're they're great people, and I always have a, an easy time supporting and promoting. Uh, great people with great products and that's what we've got here yeah 
Couldn't agree more. If you're stressed out thinking about Michigan's tournament chances, pop a CBD gummy and just kind of relax, you know, watch some other games, do something, get your mind off of it. Uh, it's a great, great product and uh, great people, as Chris said. I mean, couldn't be uh, happier to be partnered with them, and they've been great to us. I, of course, have an anxious dog here sitting to uh, my left at the moment, so I might have to look into some of that for her. But uh, promo code the Wolverine for 10% off at rogueshop.com. Again, that's R O G U E S H O P.com. That's my spelling exercise for the week. Uh, check them out. They, they've been wonderful uh, with us. And um, Richard is, is frequently on our message board answering questions from you guys. And, and they have a chat function on the site where they are available 24 7 as well. So uh, be sure to explore that. Shout out to our friends over at Rogue Shop. All right, well, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk some football here on a Monday night. The last football game any of us will watch for, you know, what, whatever it is, unless you're a USFL or XFL guy, which the Michigan Panthers are playing locally this year. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. But uh, the NFL played at Super Bowl last night. Three Wolverine or four Wolverines in total played in the game. Three of them walk out Super Bowl champions in Chad Henney, who retired after the game with Bud Light in hand baller move on his part also michael dana and frank clark um i know everyone's talking i'll just kind of let you guys vent about it because hop on hop onto uh the video chat today and you fellas are talking about the, the holding call at the end of the game and i don't know I, I don't know what you guys thought about rihanna thought about the commercials just here's your forum to sound off all things super bowl so uh clayton we'll start with you yeah i thought it was a bad call at the end of the game uh Eagles look like the better team for most of it, but uh, as Hutch, our great producer, who's a diehard Eagles fan, I feel really bad for him, but he was saying basically uh, they got to play better defense than that in the second half. I completely agree. Um, I thought Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy made some great calls at the goal line as well, uh, but they did get bailed out by that call. Uh, congrats to Chad Henney. I mean, uh, what a guy, you know, made uh, I think $38 million in career earnings. It didn't take a beating, and he's going to have a fantastic retirement. He goes out on top as a two-time Super Bowl champ. And I saw this on Twitter, so I cannot verify. But two Super Bowl championships for Chad Henney, I believe that's more than any Ohio State quarterback has all time. Is that right? Someone tweeted that. I think um, it's more than Aaron Rodgers, too, is it not? Or does he have two or just one? Yeah. Aaron it, Rodgers just has one, doesn't one. he? So Poor Timmy. Poor Timmy. Chad Henney. Now, yeah. he didn't appear in any of those games, I don't think. But, uh, but good he was for there. Yeah. Frank Clark, it was cool to see uh, the emotion on his face in post-game interviews. Mike Dana, who was kind of an X-factor for them this year. He battled injury a little bit, but I think he had five sacks in the regular season. And then Brandon Graham, who said, we will be back next year uh, for the Eagles. They got a lot to uh, sort out in free agency, but Brandon Graham was fantastic this year. 11 sacks, the most in his career during the regular season, which is crazy to say because he's 34 years old and has already had a, an outstanding career. But um, – Happy for the Chiefs that won it. Uh, I was rooting for the Eagles. The best part of the night was the coin toss going tails, though. Tails never fails, baby. So uh, I came out positive. Was that the only prop bet you won? No, I had a couple. I had A.J. Brown to score, so that hit. Okay. I did have the Chiefs winning, so okay. that hit. Uh, I had a couple long shot parlays that did not hit, but, you know, okay. they were long shots. You weren't so you're, but you earn enough to buy us some beers when we go to the Big Ten tournament. Exactly. I came All out right. positive. I will be buying green beers at, at uh, down in Chicago. So, yeah. What what day is that? Thursday? We'll see if we're still there Thursday. Yeah. So. Yeah, it might just be a one-day <laughs> stay. 
<laughs> who knows? Uh, I don't want to be negative, but uh, you know what? Uh, Mike Dana, man, what a story that is, right? And uh, you wonder if Josiah Stewart will follow that same path, right? When coming from Coastal Carolina, and if he can be have that kind of an impact, and uh, you know, that'd be fantastic. So, um, that would be it'd be fun to watch. But it's a great game. Uh, I hate to see it uh, decided. You know, everybody's like, oh, he admitted that he held him. And I'm like, yeah, he pulled the jersey a little bit. It doesn't make up for a holding call. The guy was being a good soldier. You know, he probably didn't get want to get fined by the league by saying, hey, it wasn't a, you know, so whatever. Uh, it was a crappy call. I would have liked to see the Eagles have one last shot to go down and either tie or win it. But um, not all their fans are as nice as Hutch, I guess. Let's put it that way. I saw Bill Burr's outburst. I don't know if you've seen that one, Clay. And no, if you haven't, but he's if not you a Eagles fan, though. No, so that's exactly right. You got to go back and watch okay. Bill Burr. Just, just Google Bill Burr Philadelphia, and that's everything you need to know about Philadelphia fans. <laughs> okay. so, yeah. Good. And real quick, I was just looking at the PFF numbers. Frank Clark had three pressures. That uh, is second to Chris Jones, who had four pressures. But uh, I want to say what Kansas City had one sack, um, and it was it was forcing um, Jalen Hurts out of bounds. So I mean, nobody yeah. there was one sack in the entire game. So Chris. Uh, Frank Clark had as much impact on pass rush as you could have. And then Mike Dana had a, a nice block on that defensive touchdown, the fumble recovery. So they were, yep. they did make some plays there. I know, uh, you know, we talked about their seasons as a whole, but both those guys actually did have a, you know, an impact on this game too. Yeah. I thought we were going to see Chad Henney for a minute uh, late yeah. in that first half <laughs> after, you know, they said for two weeks, oh, Mahomes, it's, it's a miracle. His ankle isn't showing any, uh, any signs of wear. And then the second he takes a hit, yeah, see him hobble off the field. So I was, I was wondering if we were going to get a Chad Henney moment. Um, and you know, he earned that ring. Uh, his his uh, yeah. that ninety-eight yard drive he had against what was it? The was it the Jags? The Jags, um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's his moment. Uh, and then last year he had the the uh, third down completion right where he got in there and uh, in another series that helped them keep a drive alive. It was huge on, or fourth down play, I think it was. So, yeah, this guy wasn't just a clipboard holder. So happy for him. And I was really rooting on Clay on his uh, other prop bet. Uh, three guys, I think it was two point five to. In other words, somebody else had to throw a pass besides the two starting quarterbacks. Yeah. And when Mahomes when Mahomes got hurt, I was like, all right, Clay, we got this. And so that was that was the one where I was kind of betting on not only Chad Henney but also a trick play, which would have been fun. right. Philly special, yep. maybe something like right, that. Right, right. But yep. it was kind of a Chad Henney bet in the back of my mind, uh, yep. and it's too bad that one didn't hit. But yeah, came out positive. Hey. Tails, tails yep. never fails. Seven Good out of ten for tails. Yep, yep. And call one nine hundred Clayton Safey for your. I got your nothing best. but winners here. Nothing but winners. Fifty five percent. Anthony had some action too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was a ha- I was a happy boy in terms of the bets I made. Good. Uh, wound up. I think wound up wound up dipping the point spread to Kansas City plus seven and a half, and then the over under to like forty five and a half. So. At a certain point, I think it was like halfway through the third quarter, I was feeling pretty good about that one. So um, other than that, just normal square action, definitely lots of uh, lots of again, can we put the? I, I know Super Bowl Sunday is a, you know, it's a holiday, but that Super Bowl Monday is, is an all time hangover day. We need to someone, need, you know, when I'm president, that will be the platform that I yeah. run on is the I'd Super Bowl Monday. You. Everyone gets off. So but we um, wouldn't get it off, though, anyway, so. Well, we're just we're always screw everybody else. I want them working too if I have to. Married to the game. So um anyways, yeah. Uh any other thought? Last football game, last real football game. Sorry, XFL, sorry, USFL. We'll see until 
what Michigan's Michigan's opener against East Carolina. So um, lingering thoughts, any other final thoughts on football season? And Didn't there what? used to be a, la- a lingerie league or something? Women's league. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're right. No, okay. you're, you're right. Am I, am I allowed to say that? Uh, you I, don't even... I was just laughing. This is the LFA right. question. Not okay. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know if it's still around. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure you could find a pop up of it somewhere. But yeah. Well, I want to be careful about Let's what I pull Google. up some clips, please. <laughs> Can you grab that clip? Yeah. Um, exactly. He, he he values his job too. So anyway, I think I would rather watch that than either the XFL or the USFL. Where are the Panthers playing this year? Uh, playing at Ford Field. Yeah. Well, then maybe we'll get down there, guys. We'll go buy a beer with Clay's winnings. And and uh, I, you know what? I'm going to get a shirt because I love the colors and I love the memories of when uh, Anthony Carter and those guys were playing back in the day. So good times. If you could find like an Anthony Carter, like Michigan Panthers jersey, I would, fi- I would find it and like shadow box it. Awesome. Put it in the office here. So fantastic. Um, yeah. So I think honestly, questions are pretty light. Well, do you want my final cubes. thoughts? We got 47 days until the Michigan spring game and 201 days until they play East Carolina. So uh, football is kind of around the corner. It's crazy, 47 days, but spring practice next Monday. So we'll be talking about probably some spring practice storylines maybe later in the week or at the very least on the show next Monday. So uh, football's football's coming, boys. Football's not that far away. That's good. It's arguably the the, – I won't say the best time. We love watching the games, but – speculation season and storyline season and draft season even is uh, it keeps that news cycle going, uh, going throughout the year. So uh, I guess we'll do a quick final, final call for questions here. No one's really sent any on in today, but um, that time of year, boys, Dave, Dave says we're too depressed. Dave, about you read my mind, Dave. Exactly. So it's the way it goes. Yeah, I feel like I should have. Maybe we should have titled this video like "Free Beer" or something instead of "Michigan Basketball." Maybe more yeah, people would have tuned in to that's watch. All right. but, it's all uh, good. What, Boy Howdy says, "By the way, you guys are great. We appreciate that." Uh, Abe Awad says, "As long as the offense goes through Hunter Dickinson, we will continue to struggle. He is not the end-all, be-all uh, people make him out to be." Well, that's probably a conversation for another show. We'll see what happens. Well, uh, here's something on that though. They didn't get him the ball at the end of that game when they were struggling. So, I mean, I agree, though. It, it is tough when you have a big guy as your main force. And, again, watching the game on Sunday between Purdue and Northwestern, they're trying to go into Edie, and when he doesn't know where to go with the ball, he just throws it to nobody, and right. they turn it over. So it's tough for, for teams that have to play through a big. I've said that for years, including in that UCLA game, Hunter's freshman year when they lost in the Elite Eight. It's like, man, they had nobody that could go get a bucket. So – um, yep. You know, but who do you play through on this team? I thought it was right. smart to I'm try ready. to get Kobe going towards the uh, basket on that last play, but you know he 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 stopped, and you know they didn't get quite what they wanted out of that pick and roll action. So I and, mean, and f- I think they got to get him more involved though in, in a stretch like that. You can't have him yeah. only taking one shot. He couldn't <laughs> believe it when someone said it to him after the game. He said, yeah. "Oh wow, like I I didn't even know that was the case," which is crazy. Yeah. And fair or not, he hasn't been as good around the rim as he used to be. Uh, you know, he's rushing some shots. Take your time, kid. You know what? Um, take your time and and uh, put it up and in, man. It's There are times that it looks like he's throwing it, you know, instead of that the touch that he had um, a couple of years ago when he's a freshman even. I think I thought he was better around the rim. I'd like to see some stats on that. Maybe one of you guys can write an article on that. So Yeah, I was anyway. actually looking at that the other day. Mm-hmm. This is before the Indiana game. They're actually really, really similar. Um, okay. And it, I was a little surprised by that, too, because he is drawing more attention right now. But mm-hmm. Synergy has a stat 
around the okay. rim. And they're, I think it was actually higher than last year right now, which is, again, okay. surprised me. Um, I do feel like he's he's shooting less of those little short jumpers and short rolls yeah. off the picks and things like that. He's yep. drawing more attention, though. I mean, there are guys yes, around him, yes. and, and we talked about it earlier, but Terrence Williams, people are helping off of him. People are going under screens on Doug and, and Kobe, and rightfully yep. so. Um, and I think that has you know, made life a little bit tougher on him. If he could have had a Livers or a Franz or someone like yeah. that to – to open yep. things up for him, I think, uh, you know, I think he'd be better for it. And obviously so would the entire team. Yep. We'll see what happens. Have a dollar 99 super chat here from boy. Howdy. He says any chance U of M might circle back on CJ Carr, nope. uh, given that J- Jaden Davis is dragging his feet. Uh, no, nope. certainly. I mean, from EJ's reporting, it seems like there's a, there's a desire to kind of expand the board, but I don't foresee CJ Carr being part of that for, a litany of reasons so yeah the number one is he, he's signed with uh with notre dame right no he's just committed oh he's, he's not signed yet that's no, right he's a 24 so, that's right that's right that's right he didn't he didn't uh commit early but regardless no uh let's just put it that way i think that uh, ship has sailed and uh i don't see that happening i don't think michigan was very high on him to be honest with you uh and that's just the way it goes so uh, i love the kid i I said i wrote an article about him and i said hey it makes a lot of sense but um you know wish him all the best except when he plays michigan in the in the playoff here in a couple years yeah well and thinking about jane davis's recruitment too i mean from an outside view, just watching it unfold, reading our guys' report, it does feel like it's starting to drag on maybe even to the spring here. Uh, March is just around the corner. so How dare you? It certainly feels that way from an How outside dare, view. How dare you? No. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll see what happens with that. I know typically, yep. um, you know, f- from a recruiting perspective, you want your guy for that class to usually be locked in by like April or May before because he's those guys are the lead kind of the lead recruiters so uh, yep. of your class so uh we'll see uh steve sherrick says how about that luke hughes goal on saturday yeah hockey absolutely and fuego right now i think they've won seven in a row at this point took a yep. pair from michigan state in a chippy series over the weekend it cost them uh fan uh the, one of the fantilli brothers did not play on saturday <laughs> had the gordy Howe hat trick in that friday night game but uh Chris, I know you've been kind of following hockey. What's your yeah. estimation of that team right now? Uh, that their young guys are starting to play together and uh, really, you know what, you expect a good team, a well-coached team to improve with their young guys throughout the year. Uh, that's exactly what they've been doing. And the Luke Hughes goal with 0. 0.6 to go to break Sparty Hearts was uh, was beautiful. What a game, you know. And uh, they're 7-0 and since Evil Sniper 4 called me out on the board for suggesting that Brandon Narado should have the interim tag removed. And he said, uh, how dumb I am because they were five and five at that point after I said they should take it off and boy, they ripped off seven in a row. So uh, that needs to happen. Uh, you know what, for recruiting purposes and everything else, uh, he's the guy. It's clear that these guys like playing for him and that he's got that, you know, the red barons and lineage there in terms of, um, he's one of Red's guys. I love that. So uh, take that interim tag off, Mr. Manuel, and uh, let's get this guy here for good. I don't think that's going to happen right away, though, do you? I mean, he moves no. slow on these sorts of things. I yep. remember men's gymnastics had an interim coach for the entire season, uh, either last year, I believe it was last year, or the year before, mm-hmm. and he won Big Ten Coach of the Year, and only weeks after that was he yep. named the full-time head coach. So yep. I think he moved slow on that. Now, 
What about like a little uh, a move to motivate these guys going in the NCAA tournament? Could be. Something I'd like love that. it. Yeah, come on, man. That'd be great. I, I think it'd be fantastic, and he's earned it. I'm not just saying it because hey, they won seven in a row. I think he recruits extremely you well. You said it before he, about, he won I, did. Seven in a row. I did. I yeah. did. I said when they were even when they were you know, after they were five and five, and somebody asked me if I changed my tune on that. No, because you know what, um, this team uh, and and right now is a critical recruiting time too. I think it was our Bob Miller, our hockey guy, that said, you know what, they're looking at these kids um, for the next recruiting class, and it's time to, you know what, these kids need to know who their coach is going to be. I'm sure they're saying all the right things, but you really want to. You really want to have that certainty. And uh, so, hey, the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, not going to be cov- – well, I shouldn't say not. It's a chance for not covering postseason basketball after the Big Ten tournament. So it would be fun to uh, cover some some postseason hockey. But, uh, fellas, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Of course, the three of us will be back for our regularly scheduled Thursday show. A little programming note. Uh, John Borton and Tom Crawford are moving to Wednesday to account for uh, a basketball game tomorrow night. Don't want the show to age poorly or age um, out too quickly. So that'll be Wednesday night at the normal time, 530. Uh, EJ and Zach Libby will be live uh, Tuesday and their normal time, 7 o'clock. And EJ's recruiting chat on Wednesday will also be at 7 o'clock. So um, small change of the schedule this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um on the start of spring football. So I'm sure we'll have some football stuff to talk about. So um, you can sign up for a subscription for the Wolverine for $29.99 through the start of football season, August 31st, 2023. Be sure to like the video below, subscribe to our channel, uh, go find us on all of the, the podcast platforms and subscribe to us there. Leave us a positive review, only positive reviews, but uh, yeah, for Clayton safety for Chris Ballas, I'm Anthony Broom. Uh, thanks to producer Hutch behind the scenes. We will talk to you again soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Facebook.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-4247 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.